Welcome to episode 23 of Horror Dads. You're joined by your hosts, John, and as always, Jamie. Jamie, what's up, bro? What is up, buddy? I'm out here in uh, quarantine land. Yeah, man, we, uh, we're we just we're uh, keeping separate, separate houses, separate spaces. We've had some encounters recently, some scares, so we're just... Uh, being being safe, being cautious, but uh, we've got a really fun episode today. So this is what the the Michael Jordan episode, right? Twenty three. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's funny is I feel oh god, I feel uh, I always hate being away from you when we do these. It's like fucking weird. I know. But, I know. Uh, you know, but, it's always like I'm sitting in my excellently decorated house with the Christmas tree and the garland, and I have a badass movie on. In the background, so we're good to go. We're I'm in excited. the season. This, so we're certainly in the season. So this is uh, being recorded in the middle of December 2020, and shittiest year of all time. And um, <laughs> we uh, we're going to talk about horror retail and horror shopping, and we're going to do a top ten places that Jamie and I would fucking quit our wonderful well-paying jobs right now today and go work at these places because we love the shopping retail environments of these specific uh horror films that's what we're going to talk about right buddy for sure we'd work at them we would shop at them we would take our relatives to uh spend exorbitant amount of money at these places or we would just I'm excited uh, to dive in or we would just hang out in there yeah, dude, honestly, like, I feel like we've Browse been... through magazines. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we've been to a right? lot of these like places. Some of these, some of these places I would just, like, hang out in. Yeah. But the... Hey, mister, we're closing soon. Oh, no, it's cool. Uh, you have sleeping bags back here. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> but this... We've been talking about doing this one for a while, Um so a couple that we've already discussed are going to resurface here, but we're going to really focus oh, yeah. on the... If, if you listen to our show, like if you're a listener, a uh, regular listener, you could probably like hand pick five got, of these yeah, off you the top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Not to detract you because this is going to be really fucking fun, but... No, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Before we go to our top 10, let's do our, uh, let's do our stuff, man. What's been going on with your family? Anything uh, crazy? Yeah. Fun so lately? like you said, we've been, we've been locked down a little bit. Um, for the past, like what week I've probably been locked down. We're going to stay at lockdown another four, four or five days. We don't have COVID, but we possibly have been exposed to someone who has, it's one of those fucking things. It is what it is. Here we are. Yeah. Just being responsible like adults. So way longer than anyone thought this would last, but we're still going. Um, uh, but so like I recently Krampus was on, uh, TV you know, like FX or something. Yeah. And Krampus uh, on USA. Yeah. Krampus yeah. yeah. Like family friendly safe. So it came on and I was like cooking dinner. Um, and Ryland comes in the kitchen. So you know Ryland's how you do your the oldest, yeah. TV yep. kitchen watching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's seven. So he comes in and he knows about Krampus. Like I've played the soundtrack for him several times, which he loves for some reason. He loves the score. You know, the, actual motion picture soundtrack and uh which is like really orchestral and like yeah it really dramatic. is and he loves it and um he's always like oh this is where krampus is like because the one song is like krampus comes to town or something and so he's always like this is the krampus song and uh so anyway we were watching this the other day and he was like 
dude, he was so fucking like intrigued. And I feel like he's, he's the one who's least in the horror. I feel like, I feel like my three-year-old is more into it than he is, but he is definitely coming around. Like in Halloween, he wanted to watch the Halloweens that were on, uh, you know, AMC. And it was like a fine line where I'm like, I want him to be able to, you know, watch them, but like, it's, I, it's I too always, soon. Yeah, it's I like... shield him from the gory shit. You know what I mean? It's like I I'm totally fine with him watching the non-violent uh, kill scenes. You know what I mean? Like the just the teenagers interacting and um, the atmosphere. I'm totally yeah. fine with him watching that. Yeah, yeah, all that the interactions, the atmosphere, the uh, ambiance. I'm good with all that, but obviously I don't want him watching uh, Michael Myers stab somebody through the gut with a pitchfork. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, the other thing is Riker, my little one, my three-year-old has been, so he's very into role-playing with the characters and figures and <laughs> so uh, he's very into planets, but it's like, oh, he makes me and my wife planets, talk dude. Oh. as everybody. Yeah. He, so like, he'll he's see the so moon into that right like, now. Like that eight planets uh, YouTube video, he's always saying it to me. He's like, eight planets, eight planets. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, my three year old has like a German accent or something. I, it's, I'm not honestly, sure. Honestly, that going dude on is third Reich, but yeah, go ahead. Dude, honestly, what is happening? I'm not sure what his well, accent fucking, is. You and my sister both are blonde hair, blue eyed. Like, <laughs> it's not surprising. Yeah. It's weird. So get get that uh, get that figured out, man. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he has us all like talk and like, oh, the moon needs to talk, and then I have to talk as the moon. Well, I have this ghost face, uh, like. Uh, decal that I have on my wall in my office like this it's like fucking like three foot long probably three foot long and like a foot wide it's like ghost face uh black wall decal on my wall that my wife had bought me for Christmas one year or something and uh so now like as just the other day he was like daddy talk like ghost face he's been making me do this ghost face voice which you know me i'm not i am not the impression guy No, let's fucking hear it man no you do (laughs) you know what's funny is my wife we were at dinner and she was like okay let me hear it do it because she knows how fucking shitty i am at impressions as well (laughs) and uh it didn't go over well and i'm not going to do it here so that people can hear i i've just got a quick funny thing i I had finley my oldest down down in the podcast space which is also like my home office and we uh you know it's obviously decked out with a bunch of stuff uh, a bunch of artwork and that that uh halloween three season the witch uh pumpkin mask that you bought me uh, for my birthday yeah. yep she was like sitting here where i'm sitting right now just staring at it and i was like looking at her look at it just like feeling proud for a moment and then she looked at me and she said uh does santa wear a mask and then instantly, I didn't. Ugh. I took it out of the 2020 context, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like the the neighbor kid, like he's been telling her Santa's not real when they're like playing from a distance outside and shit. Like I was like, "Oh god!" Like she the jigs up. Like she doesn't believe in Santa anymore. And then it hit me. I was like, "Wait!" Like over his mouth, and she's like, "Yeah," because of the virus. And then I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, Santa probably yeah he'll have a mask on a candy cane Dude, mask. You, you know what's funny is i also when you said santa is the santa wear a mask i was like fucking picturing santa's sleigh or something dude i honestly fucking well, terrifying yeah instantly i i went to like the demented like uh, <laughs> me as well the yeah. face of the santa that got kicked in in like christmas vacation when he gets pissed and like 
boots him across the yard. I was like, oh, no, that's not what Santa looks like, honey. Uh, but yeah, but funny, yeah, sweet, no, actually a very 2020-like uh, thing. Logical question, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, smart beyond her years, but <laughs> yeah, let's, that's let's, funny. let's roll into what we're wearing. What are you wearing, man? Oh, so I actually have my uh, Fog, the Fog uh, Raglan tee from Cavity Colors. The one, one of the many, so I've always been, either you eat too many pepperoni rolls or you exercise a lot <laughs> during these certain phases. And at that time, you kind of grow out of your uh, large. Started out an extra kinda, small and then. Kind of hand it down went. to me. <laughs> and this is one of the benefits I've had was this shirt here. Yeah. Uh, I think you were working out a little too much and your arms swole. At least that's, that's what you those... told me. I'm, it might be the pepperoni rolls from that Italian store up the street, though. <laughs> I do fucking love those. Uh, and I went like three and a half years without eating meat, so like I'm really hard on those right now. But yeah, that was just one of those that never fucking fit right. You know, like you you can buy oh, ten no, you shirts get from those the, ones. Yep. yeah the same company, and nine of them fit right or seven of them fit right, but occasionally you get the one that doesn't. So uh, yeah, I always yeah. call them the lemon shirts. Yeah, 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 the lemons. Um, but I've got my David Slobodnik, uh, David Slobodnik, uh, crew neck on the oh. Jack, the lantern, dude, this is the most comfortable piece of clothing I own now. Yeah. I, I, you and I talk about this and I, I cannot stress enough how fucking comfortable that thing is. And you like, I always have an undershirt on like when I'm going to wear a sweatshirt or a hoodie or something like I'm, I'm not just wearing a sweatshirt without a shirt underneath. That one, it's like, if I'm wearing a shirt, I take it off intentionally to put that on. And honestly, if this were a singlet that I could wear, like a wrestling oh singlet God, yeah. with nothing, yeah. I would. I would be rolling around the house, uh, just getting into prone mode and just, like, crawling around in my fucking singlet. But <laughs> this is such a weird, like, vision. Yeah, like, if I was a caveman and I had to wear just, like, a like an underwear, really, like a diaper type thing, I want it to be that material. Really snug around my like grapes. Fleece. Yeah, just so snug and they're, like, comforting. No, but if you if you guys have not checked out David Slobodnik's work, he is a Youngstown native. We interviewed him back probably episode, like, 18, 19, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. Really fucking great dude. Super talented. Got to check out his stuff if you haven't, so... Was our uh, what was that like real life horror or horror that could happen to you in real life? Yeah, it it, uh, it could happen to you horror. Yep, yep. Great episode, great fun. David's so, a great guy. Love yeah. Him. Oh fuck. I and we just talk like uh, it's again we we pine on this over and over again. But the people we've met through this process has just been incredible, and we just become friends with these people, and it's great. And he's certainly one. Yeah. Of them. I actually wanted to mention that I think we should shout out some folks that like. John and I have been really humbled uh, over the past week with some of the people reaching out and uh, just some of the people that we found ourselves like connecting with and almost becoming friends with some of these people. And it's, you know, it's this community has been uh, great to us and we love it and we love you guys. And uh, but there's some names like well, like Two Meter Maniac is one. Yeah, uh, both Peter he, Sudal has both been Both those dudes amazing. we met through our through. Patreon subscription with Alone in the Dark. And they were like alone in the dark super fans before we were even in existence. And we were fortunate enough to meet them through before, that. And before we were born. <laughs> we, we weren't born yet. And then eight days ago we were born. And, um, but you know, similar content and everything, but those, those guys are just so fucking humble and great. And they like all the same stuff we do. And they're just, uh, they've been 
great to talk to, but also Emily Bennett, uh, who we had on really early on, like episode four. Uh, she's a yep. really talented actor, uh, lives out in New York. She's in a film. Do you know the name of it, Jamie? On a, It's on Amazon Prime right now. It's like a Christmas we film. We posted it to our uh, story. It was something gift. I'm going to look it up because uh, King of Knives. something we King of Knives. need to plug. Yep. King of Knives. Yep. yep. It's a Christmas film. I haven't. I have not watched it yet. It's on my list this weekend. But yep. It's available on Amazon and uh, Apple TV. So everyone, I'm sure everyone right now is in the Christmas movie mode. So should all check that out. Well, some of that's gonna come up here, but uh, also Zach Lovitz. Uh, he's the dude that does the uh, bone art um, here locally in Youngstown uh, with Burial Right at Burial Right on. Um, on Instagram, he's been super great advocate. Had a lot of great conversation with him. Um, you know, talking to Maddie Tobin uh, every you know every couple of weeks to you know we had him on episode thirteen. Like, just fucking thank you guys. Keep it coming. We love to talk about horror. Honest to God, like this is Jamie and I do this not for any other reason than to to have that. So like, please keep it coming. We love you guys. And uh, we appreciate absolutely every every communication we get. I wanted to shout out one more guy, uh, Atomic Beaner. Oh, yeah, Papa dude. Wizard. He... Uh, just one of those listeners that uh, engages with us and, um, you know, it's like, gives us the most truly. humbling uh, truly, it, truly. It, like, feedback. And we, we just appreciate you to death and we appreciate... Anyone who listens to this show, even if you just listen to one episode, like we fucking appreciate it. On that note, um, if you dig the show, uh, please leave us a five star review. If not, that's honestly fucking cool too. But uh, I feel like it's kind of Sounds our duty to found. kind of plug that a little bit. Yeah, just to maybe gain one more listener or something, you know. So if you have it in your heart to uh, go and give us a review, do that. If not, again, that's fucking cool too. So, Jamie, before we get into it, um, do you want to talk about what you've been watching lately? And then we'll talk about what we've been buying in the spirit of, uh, you know, retail and shopping and the spirit of our episode, I guess. Makes perfect sense. I, I like the way you brought that around. So what have you been uh, watching, yeah, man? So, uh, actually, we just watched the remake of The Witches on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. My sister was texting me about it the other day. And yeah. to your comment earlier, she said, uh... uh that Ryland, your oldest, was scared. That Riker, the youngest, my youngest nephew, was into it. <laughs> and uh, she said, by all, by all means, do not show it to your oldest daughter, Finley. Uh, who's my <laughs> oldest daughter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when, when the main witch, um, the Angelica Houston character, which is now... Uh, what's her name? And uh, Hathaway. Hathaway? Yep. Yeah. When she like gets the big witch face, it's a little frightening. It scares them both. Yeah, yeah. But um, the little one, the three year old, he's constantly asking me for it, like every day, like witch, big face, mice. <laughs> he was all in. Uh, the other thing I had watched was the remake of Black Christmas. Oh, I, I've not seen that one. How is it? So, I, first of all, let me just say that I love Imogen Poots. Huge fan of her. Wait, can we pause uh, for one was, second? I have something to say yeah. about this. So yep. last year, last year it was on. So the original Black Christmas, which is one of my favorites, was oh, on. Um, 
It's the the Christmas horror movie. Yeah, dude, it's so good. Uh, it just is. It was on Shutter, and yeah. Then so the remake was, you know, when you go through the Amazon Fire Stick, you don't always know the source necessarily. Yeah, yeah. But the remake kept populating, and I was like, like oh, the fuck, 09 I one, watch not this. the new one, like the 09 one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 09. Yeah. I haven't seen either of the remakes. So I was like, oh shit, I want to watch this. And I kept clicking it. And when I would click it, it would play the original. And every time I was like, fuck. And I would just, I was getting, like, I wanted to watch it so bad. And then uh, now I like resent the concept. And I'm like, no, fuck it. Like, I've, I've done my due diligence. So I'm just going to watch the original. So, you know what's funny is that. That's like the reverse of a practical joke. That's like, no, I'm doing you a service. No, you want to watch this shitty movie. I'm going to make you watch the good one. Like if April Fool's uh, Day were re- remade, like that's yeah. how it should it's Backwards, yeah. Um, but I, it's like April correction. Uh, but I, um, this this is the brand new one, like the one that came out last year. I, I, ha- I couldn't even finish it. I oh. shut it off. Like, Wait, that's where the actually- story ends? God damn. All right, well, I have been watching, I know I've been talking about this for a couple episodes now, but I've really been chugging through Supernatural, and it has been, it's like truly the definition of what soap operas are, basically, because when you're working from home and you have something that's like just somewhat disposable on in the background that is is new content but you don't really have to pay attention to like you could watch an episode without sound and know the exact like everything that happened (laughs) yeah right yeah and that's it's just easy to digest and right now life is not easy so it's just a very like cheap quick thrill and it's a you know it's got it's got two dudes that we uh both like with a you know padalecki and a and Jensen Ackles, you know, uh, so yeah. it's, I mean, it's not, I, oh, dude, I'll get there one day, but I, oh, fuck. I but just I, like, I, I feel, love the serial. I feel like terrible this, that I can't. The X-Files is probably my favorite show of all time. And like anything that has like an, uh, interwoven story arc that's ongoing and is interspersed with those like monster of the week isolated episode, like the monster of the week ones are always my favorite. Yeah. Mine and, as well. Supernatural does that, so it's worth a watch. But uh, and then I've also just been really into the the winter winter stuff. You know, we've had a couple snows here now, so I've been watching the thing like crazy. I have not watched the original yet, um, so I'm really looking forward to getting into that. Hopefully, uh, I think it's supposed to snow Sunday, so I'll probably have that on Sunday. Um, but Terror Train, and then a couple we're going to talk about uh, tonight too. Yeah. So the snow, the snow stuff. All you. This isn't necessarily horror, but one movie that I have to always watch uh, right when it snows is like the thing, and then this kind of ties into the thing as I've mentioned before. Christmas um, is they, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, The Hateful Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I just watched that extended like series they have on uh, Netflix. Uh, I've I've heard some like mixed reviews on that movie, and I I just love it. It's one of my favorite Tarantino films. I don't care what you say, but. The tie into the thing is the original score. The score, yeah, and we yeah, talked yeah. about that not on our podcast. That's why but... I'm not. I'm not even going to bring it up again. We just discussed it with uh, Pepler and yeah, with my uh, Pepler, Brian, Brian not too long ago. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. So if you guys have not checked out their podcast, it's called Post Credits Podcast. Um, Matt Pepler and Brian Schoff, 
and they were kind enough to have us on to talk about The Thing, which is one of Jamie and I's favorite movies. Probably our favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, but one more movie I wanted to mention that we probably both watched was Blood Rage. It's an annual oh, Thanksgiving dear. watch. You must watch it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get in. No, well, wait, wait, wait. We got to cover what we've been buying. So Black Friday just oh, happened. Shit. So what, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what'd you buy? Okay, so I kind of limited my... I actually didn't buy anything. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, no, I know. Here's the thing is I've been like... I'm kind of on a freeze right now. And it's not like a spending freeze or anything. It's like I have a backlog of fucking like horror prints that still need framed and hung up. And I've kind of like put myself yeah. on like a sabbatical for... It's like I keep like just buying fucking prints. And it's like I have nowhere to put them. I don't even have frames yet. And I have all these fucking prints that I can't wait to put up. But well, you don't haven't. have where to put them, yeah. And uh, I need to quit. I just need to take a little break from buying prints, especially. And then, uh, again, I kind of did my ADD thing where, uh, with clothes, like, I wanted this, and I wanted that, and I wanted this, and then I just didn't get any of and it. And then you wanted nothing, because you got nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what happened. But yeah. I did, um, I guess my purchases, our buddies Eric and Larry that we did the episode with, uh, was that last episode? I think it was the last episode we did, uh, the throwback yeah. 80s movies yes. and their movie, Hillsborough Road. So I went and I did, um, you know, I went to the Indiegogo and I donated to that. Oh, uh, nice. And then I did, uh, I got the DVD perk. So pretty excited about that. I'm excited for them. Um, they're chugging along. Just There's probably super what, nice fucking dudes. 30 days like... left or something. So um, they're going to, they're, you know, they're, doing a throwback to the 80s horror uh they're really excited about it so um if you are into that sort of thing the indiegogo campaigns donating to small independent films uh go hit that up check them out i think that's something they have a lot of really cool perks like there's one where you could be on uh um, poster or a a wanted uh missing missing children missing persons poster in the movie so you know that's a really cool perk there's a lot of cool shit like that cool Awesome. I, uh, so I went the opposite way and I bought a shitload of prints. Well, not a shitload, but a few. Um, so our boy QFS, Chris, uh, Chris Garofalo, who's one of the nicest fucking human beings you'll ever talk to. Quote face studios. Yeah. Oh, uh, incredible artist, incredible person. Honestly. Yeah. Like if you're listening, Chris, probably not. Don't blame you. Love you though. Yeah. Honestly, if if you're listening, we love you. Uh, but I, I bought his, um, uh, I know what you did last summer print f- that he did for the. Uh, oh God! I, think it was, I love that with the hook. Yeah, under. Oh, it was yeah. for the um, onset cinema event, I believe. Um, that yeah. occurred, I think, this past year or year before. Um, so, just super stoked to get that, and his print sizes are pretty like unique. Um, so for someone that doesn't have a lot of wall space, like I'm quickly becoming, because I keep buying so many prints, as Jamie pointed yeah. out, uh, they're great because they're long and slender. Uh, so I'm pumped about that. Um, I also got, uh, so Matt Pepler did some collaboration with uh, a, a guy named Joel Herrera. Um, and we actually, I spoke with Joel this week and we're going to be doing an interview with him. And he's a fucking incredible, um, like comic book style artist. Uh, and he's just a true, true, not that anyone we've interviewed is not, but he's like a, he's like the real deal sort of like traditional style artist. 
uh, and he did some collaborations with Matt Pepler, our our friend and and former interviewee. And uh, I got a Friday Thirteenth, I think it's part seven print uh, that they collabed on, and then also a, a collaboration for the thing. And I bought those two prints as well, and I can't wait to get all of those. They should probably all three be here tomorrow. I bought my frames at Michael's this week. Can't wait to get them nice. uh, on my walls. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So do you want to introduce our first film, Jamie? Because this is one of your favorites of all okay. fucking time. Yeah, so here's what we're gonna do, guys. We're gonna do we're gonna do a list. It's a collective top ten. Are we doing this in order? It's not uh it's not in any particular order except probably number one. I think like the the yeah. last the the final three are probably like three of our favorite movies, but I I mean no, there's there's this really isn't no a, cadence. This isn't to this. A, yeah. But it's a list of our favorite like retail locations in horror movies that aren't necessarily that we'd want to work at. Some we'd want to work at. We're going to kind of give you our qualifying factors for each one. Um, but I'm yeah, no, I'm fucking so excited to get in. So the first one is, wait, I'm sorry. Before we do this, yeah. do you want to talk about some like, <laughs> dude, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, please put on a condom. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you want to talk about some real life uh, retail horror for a moment? Okay, go for it. Let's okay. hear it. Okay, so in 2011, there was actually an episode of the podcast Crime Junkie about this. Uh, but a Lululemon employee was convicted of murdering her coworker back in 2011, Dude. and it was really fucking gruesome and disgusting. One and of the worst true crime uh, uh, episodes of anything I've ever listened to. Yeah, but that was like back Ugh. in. I think like March ish of like 2011. So it wasn't necessarily like a black Friday thing, but, um, but also back in 2008, five women were murdered in a Chicago area, Lane Bryant clothing store. Um, so this guy like claimed to be a delivery driver, but he came to Lane Bryant. It was like Tinley. I think it was Tinley park, Illinois. Um, and store manager, like, Tried to figure out like what the fuck the person was delivering. He pulled out a gun and he announced he was robbing the store. And then, you know, the rest, as they say, is what it is. Um, was that the one with the uh, women working there? I, I yeah, I think it or was. was. That the T- I'm thinking of a TJ Maxx. I think. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not quite Maybe. sure. Yeah, I just have some some like super high level notes. Uh, so five again, five customers and employees were tortured and murdered mm. during the robbery of a home audio store in Utah. And this was back in, this was like long, long time ago, like seventies, I think. Um, also none of our, uh, our stories are going to be this grim. Um, but, uh, I'll, I'll end it with this one. An unidentified serial killer uh, stalked I-70 in the early 1990s, killing, uh, I think it was like six or seven different retail clerks, uh, and I believe it was on the interstate. Uh, But yeah, I just, I thought it'd be interesting 
not uh, not cool. It actually kind of brings the mood down a little bit because this podcast is fun, I think. But uh, just some real life um, retail based uh, horror that has been out there. So let's lighten yeah, things you up. You really a bit, went though. all in there. We're gonna we're gonna lighten things there up. And go. We're gonna head to 1985 to do what, Jamie? We're gonna get bitten once. One time by Jim Carrey. <laughs> just once. It is once bitten. Mark Kendall's a regular guy. Get me out of here! With normal problems. I want to, but I want it to be special. But Mark's just discovered... Hello, tall, dark, and handsome. (laughs) ...that his one-night stand... I haven't had anything this pure since the Vienna Boys Choir hit town. ...has been around for centuries. I'm 390 years old. 400 so 1985, directed by Howard Storm, starring Jim Carrey, Lauren Hutton. Uh, I think Karen Coppins is her name. Yeah, Karen Coppins. Um, but, dude, let's talk about the department store. Get in there. Okay, so, dude, this fucking store, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to work in it. I wouldn't necessarily shop in it myself. <laughs> but this is one of those stores where I could, like, Totally picture like taking my girlfriend there, like 1985. Yeah, let's get into the store that's rocking some good fucking 80s jams. I know, dude. I don't know what that song is, but like, give it to me. Um, Jim Carrey comes in doing the fucking like oh, uh, the art. Like, oh, dude. What, what that is like his I, in, I, in living color personality. You know what I mean? Do I need to go on another spiel about how fucking amazing he is, like, comedically in this movie? Like, his body comedy is, like, I find myself giggling like fucking Robin. Giggling like a schoolgirl while she's trying to serve a customer. I'm smiling. I am giggling the exact same way, like, she's giggling. And it's like, this is ridiculous. I feel ridiculous. Yeah. But I love it. I love the uh, changing room scene. Like, if it's pink, I'm going to fucking puke and then... Here, try this one. Pink sweater comes over the door. Dude. She tosses the, it right back. It's the, just so good. The use of color in that in the whole like arena and the whole scheme is is pretty intense. Um like the store lights are the like super retro eighties, like fucking neon really, I mean, like neon blue and pink ish, reddish. But it throws like, me back to going to the store like you know, my brothers are like ten years older than me. Yeah. I'm thirty nine now. So, uh, when I was growing up, like, you know, I was like seven years old and, or let's say in 1985, I was four years old. And I remember going to the mall with my brothers and my mom yeah, uh, and going into stores with this exact fucking, you know, theme. And so like, for me, it's incredibly nostalgic. Um, it's the, the music, the lights, the clothes themselves. It's like everything about this store. It's like, I've been in this store and I'll go in it again. And we don't have stores like this anymore. And when I watch movies like this, it's like, I want to go into this store. What was really cool, though, I think, is the clothing that they highlight is, it's very, very 80s, obviously, but, like, everything's black and white uh, in that store. Like, if you watch through that the intro part of the scene, too, especially, like, when Jim Carrey comes in doing his shit. Um, but it, it's a very, like, li- <laughs> I'm literal. I'm fucking laughing thinking about it. <laughs> it's a very literal, like, good versus evil thing. And it's interesting too because like the the scene that you're talking about in in the changing room like that that has a critical point to like advance the plot because that's one yeah. I think one of the three bites right happens there, um, yep. so it's 
you know, it's it's a the the store itself is a critical part of this film that we both love so much. Um, you know, it's funny you mention that because in doing research for all these uh, different movies, I've noticed that a lot of like these scenes that these stores take place, um, it's like these are critical moments in the movies. I do. I I found the same thing. Like probably eight. And of I the never 10, even really registered yeah, that. And I'm I like, know. holy shit! Like this is a pivotal point in this movie. Almost every one. So little did you know that you feeding the corporate machine every Christmas time or every holiday season, you're you're advancing the plot of uh, of our lives here. Yeah, absolutely. Full circle. Uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, we both love this movie so fucking much. And I know we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. Um, there are a million scenes from this film, I think, that we love. Uh, but we're going to try, I think, and stick mostly to the to the environment of the actual stores. Uh, so yep, exactly. A- anything else you want to uh, touch on, on, on the, the store, the music within the store, color lights, anything, or you want to, I think we, I think one? we nailed it all. I think we're good. All right. So next one, we're going to head to, um, it's a mall. I'll it is a mall hang for a moment. This is another goddamn fucking favorite of mine. Yeah, dude, this is certainly, this was a, one of, I don't know if I had, Submit it to our initial list or you, but uh, when I think of this movie, I certainly think of you. But we're going back one year to 1984 um, to a mall, to a town that's pretty decimated, in a little film called Night of the Comet. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to be one of the last people on Earth? We're talking ghost town! Who would you see? What would you do? Hey, I'm sorry if the end of the world makes me a little nervous. Where would you go? The stars are up ahead! Well, get ready to find out, because the comet is coming into your orbit. All right, so this was directed by Tom Eberhardt, starring Catherine Stewart and uh, Kelly Maroney. And I think we've talked about this movie on the podcast before, too, yeah? Oh, certainly. I know we talked about me buying the Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> yeah. At least that. So, this mall, though, is... I think The Sherman a... Oaks Galleria. Is that what it was called? I, I had uh, yeah. Bullock's... That's what it's, well, that's what it's actually called. That's the real-life name of it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because it's a very, like, Art Deco, like, dramatic yeah. figure building in Los Angeles. And I think at the time that it was filmed... Um, a guy named like Bullock's Wilshire or something owned it. But it's used as a mall in so many movies. Did you see the list of movies it was in? I did not. What what else was on there? So uh, just a small list, a quick list. Fast Times, Ridgemont High. Oh, no shit. Which Kelly Maroney was in. Back to the Future Part 2. And Chopping Mall, which Kelly Maroney was also in. Yeah. Um, yeah so and also, yeah. also the um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Commando. If you remember that movie, do you remember like when he's like swinging from the fucking like tapestry hanging from the ceiling? That's like, that. I've mall. definitely seen the movie, but I don't remember that. that yeah, scene. yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, the small's like been in a lot of films, and uh, it's it's funny because you and I <clears throat> we had we could have done a whole episode of malls probably actually, oh, and we had Chopping Mall and this movie in there, and we we cut Chopping Mall in favor of something else. 
Um, and it's funny because like it's the exact same all. So and Kelly Maroney's in it. So it's like we're essentially killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. Both amazing movies. Both amazing mall movies. We'll talk about Chopping Mall further detail later down the road. Um, but this movie, like when they Regina and Samantha, uh, the two sisters, it's like this is their like. Uh, you know, they've been kind of dealing with the aftermath of like this whole thing, realizing they're the only ones left. Uh, and then like this was kind of like their break. Like, let's go have some fun. Let's go to the mall. Like, this is what us yeah, as dude. And I love how ever... like feminine and like the female power associated with both those characters in general through the film. But like yep. this is where they indulge in in like the 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 female form. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very like. Dude, never yeah. have I wanted to be a teenager girl more than this. This scene. <laughs> I know. Like they're they're in there. It's like. Cindy Lauper's like girls just want to have fun is going they're trying on clothes it's like okay get me in there I'll try on those clothes as well but it's cool because they empower those characters even like they juxtapose the uh the high heels being on that display case when she like walks up and sets the Uzi down, the Uzi the high down. Heels. yeah and it's it's this like beautiful scenery between yeah yeah of the high heels and it's like offset by this Uzi and then they're just like dressing up and they're dancing and they're just having to your point like so much fucking fun and it's just like I like if that's what being a teenage girl was like I, I'm in like let's do that get um, me in there yes I'm in also there's Christmas it that I mean this is a Christmas movie uh if you don't think so fuck off it is just because it takes place in California, there's nothing they can do about that. It's a Christmas movie. There's Christmas decorations all over the mall, um, and it's it's fucking perfect, man. I love it. I I do like to the, just the contrast of the actual mall scene because um, we'd be remiss not to talk about how that scene kind of <laughs> kind of evolves. Yeah, but it like gets, the, it gets. Heavy. The glitz and glamour and like the fun is contrasted again, like the foreshadowing of that Uzi being set down next to the high heels. Then they have all the fun and like, you're just feeling good and the music's going and you're like, fuck yeah. Like, I'll, like let's go shop right now. Uh, and then the lights kind of yeah. like turn down and there's that like very James Bond moment where she like, <laughs> points her, her Uzi at the uh, security camera and like shoots it. And then those dickweeds with their, it honestly is like, uh, uh, like a a a plate of feminism almost when the the guys come out and they're just like these shit heels and they're wearing fucking sunglasses and you're like, you can never root against somebody Ugh. so hard. They're like, they're the jock. They're the fucking like, they're the epitome of like what was not, like, not like if it's, it's the fucking slime balls. Yeah, the popular guy that's just like, fuck you, dude. Uh, and <laughs> even like the, I, I know I keep falling back to this, but like when the, the younger sister, uh, the blonde with the curly hair, like when she she doesn't have, the, have an Uzi at one scene and she's like th throwing, like these other dudes have these fucking like machine guns and she's throwing sh shoes at them. <laughs> it's yeah, so good. Exactly, yep. But yeah, this it's movie, great. This movie's great. The mall is great, and everything, uh, everything in this whole sphere is great. So, all right, you want to move What's on next, to buddy? our next? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so the next one is—I don't have the year in front of me, but it's Silent Night, Deadly Night. 
was the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. This was 1984, uh, directed by Charles Selier, um, starring Lillian Chauvin, Robert Wilson, um, and do you know the name of the department store offhand, Jamie? No, I, I don't, buddy. It's it's Ira's department store. <laughs> mm, perfect. So, I think this film... So, if you've not seen this movie, it is... So, A, it takes place around the holidays, so this is the time of year to watch it if you've not seen it. Uh, B, it is really fucking violent. Um, C, it does not empower women like Night of the Comet does. It does quite the opposite. Uh, However, it is really fucking... um, (laughs) it's, it's, It's worth watching, I guess. If you love 80s slashers, like, this is of the three that we've discussed thus far, like, this is definitely a slasher. Um, let's let's talk about the department store, though. So the general like theme of this film is there's this guy who, as a very young child, had a very traumatic experience. Uh, it involved a Santa Claus. Unbelievably traumatic. <laughs> like it's traumatic for me as a viewer, let alone like a child who had to watch his mom go through this. I, I mean, it's fu- it's completely fucked. Um, yeah. Also, that guy that plays the Santa, like... Oh, goddamn. So, anyway. uh, Very violent film, but... This guy goes through the state system and ends up in a work placement program working at a place called Ira's Department Store around the holidays. So, Ira's is... If you've ever been to Chicago or any, like, place that has, like, a metropolitan sort of feel to it, but has almost, like, metropolitan slash... It's like an urban slash suburban, almost like strip mall esque sort of <laughs> street corner. Like I've seen the shop forty times in Chicago. Um, I was gonna say this is uh, uptown. In, this is in uptown in Chicago. I fu- I completely agree. <laughs> and when yeah. I'm d- describing this, I'm thinking of uptown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. But so the outside of the store, like the windows are fucking painted, and they're painted like burgundy, and they have like Christmas ornaments painted on the windows. So that's an asinine concept uh, in general. Uh, But uh, let's head inside the shop and talk about some things in there. So, Jamie, what what about this this space? Like, this is one of the places where we would leave our well-paying jobs and go fucking work here. Yeah, not only would I work here, but that's a place where, like, I've been I've been in that store. I feel like you know, Uh, it's like a combination of like Korean acts and uh, big big (laughs) lots and. It's it's just like it's one of those like holiday holiday stores holiday slash hardware stores all kind of mixed into one and uh, I feel like we absolutely go to those places all the time especially like you know again the uptown Chicago vibe it's like our little town of Austin town um, and some of our surrounding like Youngstown cities or not even cities but townships that are yeah 
little bit run down and, you know, uh, not well taken care of. <laughs> like, that's kind of like Kmart in uh, Austin Town. That's like yeah, what I feel that like that place sure. is like a smaller version for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's just like it's one of those where it's almost nostalgic and I almost like feel like I've been there, but also I don't know that I want to go. <laughs> The problem is like After you what see the end result, place yeah. in there. Yeah, like ugh. But, but also at the same time that Christmas party, get me in there. <laughs> Drinking the booze and there there's not a, even actually closed yet. I love that. There's a sense of comfort about the place for sure. Because like the framework that's set up is the guy goes through trauma and then he's like in a state system um at this like r- religious like Catholic home. And, with the nuns and yeah yeah like nothing feels like home the first 20 minutes of the movie and then like he makes it to the store and this is the first time that you like see this character get a break and he interacts with other characters that show him some sort of like kindness so you it feel like out of everything you've experienced in the film thus far like you're like oh god this is comfortable this is like the first time i felt somewhat comfortable <laughs> And yeah, I was going to say that not only is it the first time he feels comfortable, but it's the first time you as a viewer feels comfortable, for sure. Exactly. Yep. And I fucking, like, this reminds me of this hardware store I worked at in, through high school, uh, Ducut in Canfield, which ended up burning down um, yeah. a few years ago. But the, the fucking boss, uh, when, so they go through all these iterations, they make the guy dress up as Santa Claus which sends him back to his traumatic roots. Uh, but the guy that owns the place is this like ridiculous guy. And he, he like, <laughs> as soon as they have their like Christmas Eve or Christmas day, uh, blitz of sales, he like runs over and locks the door. <laughs> and he says, uh, he says, uh, it's finally over. Let's get shit. faced." <laughs> I love it. I love the whole vibe. And then they get fucking hammered. He does get shit faced, yeah. Oh, dude. And then the montage scene too, Jamie, like when like prior to that when like they show that the the main character who ends up being the killer like he's doing a good job, like it's, it's one the... of my it's honestly it's one of my favorite montage scenes. It's so ridiculous. It is completely fucking absurd. And the the part where that like Joe Pesci look alike like it's like Joe Pesci's shitty cousin like runs the warehouse like hi I'm Brian Pesci, uh, yeah. and he's like drinking J and V in there and he he just offer him a shot and he like holds up his carton of milk. His milk. It's the best scene in the movie. The milk. Oh fuck. Do you have a favorite oh, kill in this God. movie? Uh, since this is a slasher. Uh, I'll be honest. I haven't watched this movie in a while since last year. I, I haven't watched it yet this year. Yeah. I, I watched it today, so it's like real fresh in my head. Uh, but the the deer horns kill, like when that girl's on the pool table and shit, like he takes oh, the pool table. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a fun one. So, all right, great movie, man. You want to move on? Yeah, let's do it. What's next? Cabin Fever, two thousand two. You know when you've known someone a long time and you just want to kiss them just to see if they're a good kisser or not? There's nothing wrong with that, right? Stay. I feel nauseous. 
Paul, it's not funny. Can you help me? No, 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 no. She's not coming near me. You're crossing. You guys gonna kill each other now? You don't look so hot. Help me. I need, need a doctor. I don't Directed by Eli Roth, starring Ryder Strong, Jordan Ladd, and Joey Kern. So, what do you got on this, man? Dude, the general store. Oh, like, so this is, like, when we went camping in Wisconsin, we stopped at some pretty, like, fucking uh, run-down, shady, like, roadside convenience stores. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, and and if I had stopped in this one, this would have been the best one that we'd stopped at. Yeah. Uh, this is one that I would love to go to. Anytime I'm on, like, like, listen, the Santa Claus character inside. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, I'm, not, I'm not fucking kidding. I'm looking down at my notes right now. I have Santa, Santa Claus <laughs> written right here. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> the actor's name is Robert Harris. Well, it was Robert Harris. Rest in peace, bud. Uh, he passed away in 2015 at the age of 85. But this guy... He steals the show of the whole movie, in my opinion. I mean, the movie is this fucking guy. Because he, like, every line, like, everything he says is just fucking, like, solid gold. Uh, His accent, like, the way he talks is, like, like, what an amazing fucking actor this guy was. And what's funny is he didn't earn his SAG card until this movie. And he was, was like, 70 or 75 in this movie, yeah. And he didn't earn it. He was like a lifetime actor, a lifetime like uh, uh, screen actor. Like he did a lot of like plays and stuff. Um, sure. And then like this, ironically, is, you know, at the age of fucking 70 or 75, this is the movie that he earns a sad card on. But um, it was well deserved. This store itself is kind of a throwback to like the the early like. uh Drugstores and malt shops back in the day. Yeah, dude, it, uh, you know, it back honestly in like feels 50s, like an apothecary like, in there almost. It, it really does. Yeah, yeah it, it's a throwback to that kind of like classic store. Yeah, um, and they, With you know, but it also shit. has, and they also like they'll hand make your sandwiches back there and wrap them up in the butcher's paper. Get those like, kids their everything sandwiches about back the there. Store. They're all wrapped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything about this store, like I just, I, I love it as far as like. A uh, roadside convenience store. It's it's fucking perfect. Yeah, dude. I'd, I mean, you know, I'd I'd work there. I'd fucking shop there. Uh, you can steal fucking Snickers bars and get away with it. You know, like okay, not. we saw you did it. Just give it back. All square. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. So I feel like this. I I totally agree with you, and I. The, the notes I have written are basically like if you go camping anywhere in the Midwest or on the East Coast, like you've been to the store. So I completely agree. 100%. Like, yeah. yeah. So any like any fringe like camping town, this is the environment you've been in. But this is to your point, like the best one you've been in. Uh, and much like the store in like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, much like the store in, uh that they stop in. Uh, in the Friday Thirteenth remake, much like the store that they stop in, um, in Fall Break, like I feel like all of those spots have that like always have them, yeah, yeah, that like fringe, fringe, like oh, this is the last place of comfort you're going, you're gonna enjoy before shit happens. Yeah. Um, but I did some. Research. I was gonna say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's like that ends up being the store that 
Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Not a place of comfort. Uh, no. So I was doing Those some have eyes as well. Same type of thing. Like that's not, that's not a comfort store at all. Yeah. But I get, so this place has been around for like 120 some years. The actual location. It's still oh. around today. It's called Pretty's, like Pretty P-R-I-D-D-Y. Uh, Pretty's General oh, Store. Damn. Yeah. Uh, it's in Danbury, North Carolina. So I wonder if, um, if our buddy Kenny packing my car up, packing my car up to head down to Danbury. And they they have like a, a whole tourist section on their website. I was reading. Um, oh like, really? Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's this like tourist spot in this little town, uh, and it really got on the map from this film. And I, I don't know if any anything else has been done there. But can you imagine how many people have gone in there? Like, oh dude, who are these guns for? Or, or like, you have any? They're like, we're not saying it, Mister. Yeah. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just the outside of the place, like the tires out there, the ice, uh, like the place where you get ice, the the swing that Dennis sits on with, and it has like the pumpkins around it. And the the time of year this this movie was filmed, it was in the fall. It's just beautifully shot. Um, I personally feel this is Eli Roth's only good film. Uh, so. Everyone's going to probably be mad about that, but um, yeah, I I do really like this movie and I do really like this store and Jamie, let's go camping, man. Yeah. Oh dude, I'm so down. It's been, it's been too long. And actually this is a perfect time of uh, life to go like camping as much as possible. Right. Yep. Just a little too cold now. All right. So let's move on to. Halloween Part 3. Directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, starring Tom Adkins and uh, Stacey Nelkin. So we have an entire episode dedicated to this movie because we love it so much. But um, we almost this is the movie we chopped chopping mall for. Sorry, I'm, yeah, no, I no. apologize. I'll be leaving now. Uh, but this is the movie that, like, we kind of we debated like, should we? discuss this because we literally just did a whole episode on the movie uh but if you're gonna do a top 10 list of the best stores in horror movies that you want to work at slash go to slash live in oh how can you not mention fucking ellie gimbridge's uh grimbridge's dad's fucking shop i know where he sells the masks how can you how can you not mention the store man this is in Lolita, California. Um, so I think this was in the same... It, it was funny because when I was watching the special features on the Scream Factory, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace couldn't remember. Oh, he was like... Bringing I, that up. 
always bringing it up that you got the Scream Factory one, huh? <laughs> when I was watching the, the version that you don't have, Jamie. Yeah, um, goddamn. <laughs> no, but they were Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee Wallace was talking about how he couldn't remember if he filmed this movie at uh, or this scene at this location in Lolita or if it was in uh, the first location, which I think was like Silmar, California. But he was on location and they were walking through the town. He was like, yeah, no, wait, that's it. That's the store. And now it's it's nothing. Or at least when they did that, it was nothing. I'm sure now especially with covid it's still nothing but this is where the town where um invasion of the body snatchers the original was filmed and it feels like that um but do you want to talk a little bit bit about the shop man i mean just it's kind of self-explanatory i mean that's like the local hardware novelty store um you know small town uh kind of before you know pre-walmart yeah pre-drugstores it's like this is kind of your all-in-one shop where you go do you need bike tires go in here do you need halloween masks you go in there as well uh oh you need a shovel and a rake we got those also golf wax uh you know it's it's that place yeah no we we have it uh garden hose in the back aisle six but so this also just the place spot. where you were like, hey, I need a, a washer. Oh, oh, we don't have that one. I'll order it for you. It'll be here in two weeks. Yeah. Oh, you need a one and a half inch uh, bolt? Yeah. We have those as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, but just everything about that store encompasses what I think like everyone just kind of like, I feel like everyone who loves Halloween 3 loves that store uh you know it's got that fucking full display of the masks which is just fucking unbelievable oh, dude and that I sign want that above display. it that says uh glow in the dark halloween masks or whatever yeah oh. yeah dude <laughs> oh man that store yeah it's i do like, feel like every time we get to that point in the movie i like i'm just smiling <laughs> i feel like if you were to go to uh like myrtle beach and say like, all right, I'm not leaving here without a shell necklace. Like this is the place in Myrtle Beach where you would buy your shell necklace. Or yeah. Or if you were going to to Seattle and it's like I'm I'm gonna buy a fucking dolphin ceramic uh like model model ceramic dolphin for my daughter. Uh, I'm gonna get it at this place. Like this, it's that place in every like town, you know. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, that, that we don't need to. Uh, delay too much on this. Next is a movie that probably everybody that listens to this show um, that we know that loves horror loves this movie. It is a little gem of a film called Scream. Hello. Hello. Who is this? Tell me your name. I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Well, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. 
Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello. Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Nineteen ninety six, written by Kevin Williamson, directed by Wes Craven, starring Nev Campbell, Skeet, 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 Ulrich, Skeet, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, um, star studded. Just an unbelievable cast. Yeah. Cast. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like to talk about this, but like this is one of the, the few horror films that like I actually have a tattoo of. Um, I love it that much, and this is a. Certainly one of, uh, uh, it's in my top three favorite films of all time. I texted John is cause we were watching through these movies to do the scenes and I texted him and I said, I put it on screen to watch the video store scene that we're going to talk about. And now I'm just watching the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. like, I just like, I can't. Yep. And John, uh, expertly was like, I would advise watching the clips on YouTube so that that doesn't happen to you because it, I've already watched three movies on completion <laughs> yeah. and I've got nothing done. Yeah, so I, I here we are. I all of Lost Boys and all of Silent Night, Deadly Night this yep. morning. <laughs> yeah. So the video store and Scream is what we're going to focus on. This is a video store we've all been in a million times in the 90s. Uh, this was our local blockbuster, local movie gallery, local West Coast video, uh, local movies Hollywood video, whatever it is. Yep, whatever it was. This was your local video store. Uh, I think it was supposed to be a blockbuster. This is a real video store. The name of it is Bradley Video. Um, this is just like, this is one of those scenes that we were talking about where like, this is such a pivotal scene in this movie, which when you watch it now and you actually pay attention to it, you realize they kind of give away the entire movie in this scene. Um, Dude, there I, is no, I, I like, completely agree. And when you mentioned earlier, when you said like, oh yeah, some, some of what we're going to talk about, like the, the critical scenes occurred in these places, like this is certainly one of them because they literally, they red herring Mr. Prescott here. Yep. They show that like weird bond dynamic where they almost, they physically kind of gang up on Randy, Stu and, it, um, yeah. When you watch Billy. it now, you go, these are, this is so, these are so fucking obviously the two killers. Yep. It's so when you uh, watch totally it, agree. when you watch it back, you're like, this is so obvious. Like the, even the way the music, like uh, the music cuts in when Billy's talking, the way that the music kind of comes down there, it's like, yep. are they making it? It's so hard. Like watching it back now, it's like, this was clearly him saying these are the killers. Um, but at the time you kind of just take it as another red herring because they're talking about red herrings. Uh, you kind of get caught up in that and you don't buy into what you're seeing. You're seeing the two fucking psychopaths confront Randy and almost reveal themselves. Like Matthew Lillard, Matthew Lillard looks like a fucking serial killer in that scene. Billy is a fucking serial killer in that scene. I mean, it's, it's, it's all fucking given away right there. And the whole, like this, uh, I, I was too young to, I've seen trailers since, but I was too young at the time because when this came out, you know, I was born in 87. So, like, sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't recall, like, watching and seeing trailers for this movie, you know, in, in that moment. But, like, this was one of the scenes 100% that was probably in every trailer. Uh, 
because this is the the quintessential like there's a formula to it a very simple formula and when yep. randy has his like expulsion and then when Stu, when Stu does a thing where he's like calm down man <laughs> he's like pretending to smoke smoke weed sure, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, that's such a fucking like that really embodies this film because it is this really hyper tense dramatic fucking like over the top you're at the edge of your seat and then you're instantly brought back back down to earth by a character like Stu who's like who makes a joke and brings you right back in the moment uh and and this whole scene embodies like so much of this film and it all takes place in this fucking video store which to your point like we've all been there they've got those lights blinking back behind uh Randy while he's talking each of the sections is like is marked by in the, in this video store it's like a printed piece of paper it has like horror mystery uh and they have the the different sections. They have the reference to uh, the, the mother from E.T., uh, the howling uh, horror straight ahead. Yep. Like, so much of this is so, like, so just representative of this film in so many different ways. And goddamn, I love this place. So, uh, The one thing I wanted to mention is, like, I've watched this movie, I don't even know, dude. Realistically, probably, you know, upwards of 50 times. Uh, and there's that part where Randy's talking that like, I feel like I've never noticed until recently where he's talking about how, uh, he says, there's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. And yeah. there's a blonde girl in the background. And oh, like, she's looking you, at like, him. if you rewatch it and like the way that she looks at him when she, when he says that is like, Oh my God. Yeah. She's like, and disgusting. then she like shakes her head and walks away. Yeah. And yeah. I I haven't noticed it until like recently, dude. And it's fucking like I laugh every time now. It's it's hysterical, oh, dude. And when this he is, when he comes rolling is, up to, we can move on from this, but we could talk about it all day. But when he comes rolling up on the cart, like the video cart, uh, oh, yeah, I just fuck, yeah. I remember that so distinctly. Like those carts. Okay, like, hey, watch used. out, creep. Whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh. Um, all right, God, we're gonna that movie. we're gonna head back. To the year I was born. Um, Where are we going? Santa Carla? We are, man. We're going back uh, to a film. God, that came I feel out... a breeze blowing right now on this boardwalk. <laughs> came out in 1987, a film called The Lost Boys. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California they're about to discover its secret notice anything unusual about santa carla yet no it's a pretty cool place if you're a martian or a vampire fucking muscular saxophones playing in the background i hear it Hang on, I'm getting my oil real quick. I'm gonna rub down, get my uh, <laughs> get my reed out, wet my whistle. So this was directed this by. One of my... Oh God, I love this movie. <laughs> so I love good. it. Joel Schumacher, starring, you know, Jason Patrick. Every just Corey we don't even talk Corey about Feld. it. It's everybody, the Corys. But what we're going to talk about is what part of the film, Jamie? What location? The comic book store. I'm quitting. I'll put my two weeks in tomorrow. Yep. Fucking dude. Four twenty five an hour. Get me in there. I'll stock those goddamn comic books. 
Uh, do the Frog Brothers run this place? What is what no, is the dynamic there? Do they own it? No, their parents own it. Okay, yep. makes perfect sense. Their parents own it, so it's um, on a boardwalk. But so... Sam is the kid from the small fucking town coming to the big fucking city. Yeah. And uh, you know what's funny is Sam and Michael kind of part ways here. And as they part ways, like Sam is clearly the kid brother. Um, in every way, he's the kid brother. You know, he's looking up to his brother, his big brother. Um, he's just like innocent and like naive around him. Walks in this comic book store. Fucking he's a smug like, prick. King Dick in there. Fucking <laughs> King comic book Dick in that store. Yeah. And it's like, I now I own this fucking place. Okay, guys? I left <laughs> my true. big brother. It's all me now. Yeah, that's totally true. But we've all been in this comic book shop, right? Um, as kids growing up. and We've been in comic book shops not nearly as cool as this, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, as a kid, I... So my family... My, my dad's from Jersey. Um, so every year, we, growing up, would go to uh, the, the Jersey Shore. We would go to Point Pleasant. So that was like our family vacation every year. And Point Pleasant was known for its boardwalk. So... All these boardwalk scenes, this West Coast, not East Coast, obviously, but it's very, it, it, it is what it is, like boardwalks are boardwalks. Um, it's very much like that environment, I recall, growing up as a kid and seeing that and hearing those noises and the fucking games and the carnies and like all the shit going on. It's just incredibly yeah. overstimulating. And, and to your point, like they they take this break and they like fracture off and he goes in this comic book store and you're like, okay, cool, uh, this is now an environment that has some form of control in it and has some sort of purpose to it. And the purpose, again, here really advances the story because Corey Feldman's dialogue in this scene, like when he first enters, he says something like, uh, I've got it written down here. He's like, we're fighters for truth, justice, in the American way. <laughs> It's like his upper lip says the entire fucking sentence too. It's like so dramatic. Uh, oh, I love it. They give him the destroy all vampires comic book though. And yep. it's so like, that's the moment where you realize, okay, some sinister shit's going on. Like there are these pompous kids walking around. There's this oily saxophone player. Uh, what, what's the rub here? And this is the first like, moment where they kind of show the hand they're like okay look it's vampires yeah we meet the frog brothers that's like just such a pivotal scene um edgar and alan which i never really even put together until now as i'm like looking at it and saying it like clearly it's a a poe reference yeah but uh this is amazing but again this kind of uh also is the same type of deal as the once bitten store where the the fucking fluorescent neon Black lights are all throughout the store. Dude, the color uh, in this whole know, shot, like the color is am- it's fucking amazing. Like that, it also could be a record store. Like I feel like I'm in a record store as well. And his shirt, store, his, like uh, Corey Haim shirt in the scene is basically Corey a comic Haim, book. Like, dude, if I was in high school in 1989, I would wear that exact same fucking outfit. <laughs> like, I feel like that's like pretty in pink. Like, there's a hundred people wearing that same, and, and it looks fucking amazing. Uh, but like. Oh God! So this store is a this was a real comic book store. Uh, it was called Atlantis Fantasy World. Oh yeah, it was, uh, it was actually this. yeah, it was actually destroyed by an earthquake. 
Uh, so there's been like the stores had to move a couple different times due to different things. But the fact that that was a real store, fuck, if it still existed, I would like do like a goddamn my own onset cinema there. Flying out there on your hang glider. Like, hey, sir, you can't sleep in our fucking store, guy. Get your sleeping bag out of here. Oh, fuck. Sleeping in your once-bitten sleeping bag. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just a pair of overalls from the store Robin works in. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. So this this film we both love so much, and it's great. So we've talked about it before. We're going to talk about it again without any doubt, but... uh, Let's uh let's head to our next our next place, man. Where where are we this heading? This is our next one. We're heading to the mid two thousands. We're going to yeah. This is an underrated film, uh, in my opinion, and it, the name of it is Burying the X. Hey, it's uh, it's me. Oh hey, baby. What's up? I have a surprise for you. I know what it is. You do. You got a puppy! Bro, taking a girl to the curb is the easiest part of a relationship. Text dump her. It's quick, easy, and depending on your wireless plan, it could even be free. I can't text dump her. You don't have unlimited texting? Come on, you were gonna break up with her anyways, remember? I refuse to let you rot away in this shrine to your ex. Hi, Olivia. Max. Moving on. Cheers. Cheers. All right. 2014, directed by one of my favorite directors, simply because of one film, uh, Joe Dante, who also directed The Burbs. Uh, Love Joe Dante. Starring The Howling. Yeah, and The Howling. He did The Howling, and also this is starring Jamie's the love of Jamie's life, who's not my sister, but it's Alexandra Daddario. Oh, he is. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, what is it, Anton Yelkin? Anton Yelkin, our boy. Yeah. Fucking, oh. Rest in the fucking tragic. peace, man. Oh. Dude, I feel like like when I think about him passing away, honestly, I feel like my brother died. I know. I love this fucking guy. And yeah, it's, like, his, the way he died yeah. is so tragic. Oh, my God. And his sense of humor is just so... I don't know. He is the fucking, like, I, I don't know. He's that kind of, like, he's like the anti-jock, right? He's that kid who's almost on the verge of being nerdy that everyone can relate to. It he's always like a cool gets the Randy. fucking like, yeah, and he yeah. always gets the incredibly attractive girl. Like I, a throwback to the image in Poots. Um, there's the movie the odd, uh, odd Thomas that he's in. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know that girl's name, but she is like again, just like what? And then this, what? Like, not only is Alexandra Daddario, I mean that. I don't even need to talk about my love for her. Refer then, to episodes uh, his, one through twenty-two. Uh, those yeah, right. Not right. To anything other. But his girlfriend in the movie as well. I'm not sure what her name is, but she's also incredibly attractive. And it's like, what? What's going yeah, on, she's Anton? She's a really fun. Like her character, she must have had so much fucking fun acting that that role. But um, this movie really is a <laughs> like, if you okay, if you are a person whose significant other who so and for some reason like the people in jamie and i's lives think we are some sort of authority now when it comes to horror simply because we do this and we are not uh but people think that for some reason um but 
we frequently get text messages that say like, hey, my boyfriend or my girlfriend or I'm, I'm trying to watch something with somebody like I don't know how to wean them into horror. What should I do? This movie is first, I think, a romantic comedy and second, it intersperses elements of horror. Like it is fucking, it's really fun and tasteful. It's got shit on on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a pretty bad reception, I think. It got a pretty bad shake, but if you like Joe Dante, you like humor, and you like the idea of the Randy character being a lead in a film, like this movie's for you. And it's it's fun and it's funny. But where does this guy work, Jamie? Uh, b- right before we get into this, I just wanted to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, and like you and I have shown this to friends of ours who love horror and that we Flop. trust and they yeah. trust us and they they hate it. Yeah. And we were like, what? Yeah. Because you and I, we were like, okay, well, maybe we just missed on this one. But you and I still love this movie. Um, I don't, I've never talked to anyone else who's really even like seen it, to be totally us. honest. We just lost like um, 84 but, listeners. Yeah, sorry guys. But um, if you haven't seen this, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, and it's not, again, it's it's not an amazing piece of uh, film, really. But it's just fucking so fun and it touches on all the elements. So I wanted to get into like the main, the store where he works. Um, it's called bloody Mary's and it's just like this small, like boutique, uh, store. It's like a boutique novelty store. It's, it's like basically a, like costume. If, if spirit Halloween were to exist like 24 seven all year round and like a place that had like, retail where you could walk store to store that's what this is yeah like if you were gonna go like through a city and go to like some small little mom and pop boutique store that happened to be spirit (laughs) this is what it would be i guess yeah that's perfect combination because you when we go into the store first of all they show you the street that it's on and there's that fucking amazing song going it's uh that you got me all tied up by zachary (laughs) kibbe yeah. Never heard of this guy. I don't know who it is, but uh great song. My son dances every time. I, I watch this movie more than I should. Uh, but it's Bloody Mary's Boutique is the name of the store. You go in there, it's this fucking unbelievably novelty store. Like you go in, there's fucking jack-o'-lantern pumpkin pails lined up, there's skeletons, uh, oh, there's dude. monster masks, there's fucking Vincent Price posters fucking everywhere. There's a whole rack of fucking Fangoria magazine. Um yeah. Yeah, and he has to like say stupid shit like when he answers the phone. When he, he has to go morning. Yeah. Go morning. Uh, like the guy, the UPS guy comes in. He's like, "Go morning, Chuck." And the guy's like, "Fuck you!" Still you. got you saying that, huh? And he's like, "Yep." Uh, yeah. And then like when he hangs up with people or when he says goodbye, he has to say, "Go to hell." Um, there's like a scene where the one woman, one patron gets really offended by it, which is like, "What? Oh, what are you doing in here if you're offended by that?" Uh, but yeah. Just like fun shit like that. Like I this is a store I would want to work at. Um, I imagine he probably makes seven twenty five an hour. That's fine. I will take that. This store is fucking great. Uh he's like on his break having sex with his girlfriend in the back room. Like any oh, store like that, and uh could be in there. When he's going through the costumes too and they there's that like that self reflective it's 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 punny and it makes fun of 
the subculture a little bit, but when he's like, I have the slutty schoolgirl costume or whatever, and he yeah. pulls it out yeah. and it actually <laughs> yeah. says like slutty schoolgirl. Says it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything about it is perfect. Um, but I I'm I'm cheating a little bit on this one. I have to also mention my girl Alexandria Daddario's ice cream shop that she owns and runs. And it's called uh, Ice Cream, Ice Cream Shop. And you walk in, like, again, Max and Evelyn, uh, they walk into the shop. He's like, I want a malted. Uh, let's go in here. And the girlfriend reluctantly agrees because she's, like, vegan and yeah. against, like, poisons to your body and artificial shit. Uh, and everything. She's ag- essentially against everything that's good. So you go in there. Uh, they walk in. There's like this amazing song that almost sounds like the Ramones, but it's a band called the Cobains, which is like perfect punk band. Uh, the name of the song is New Boyfriend, but like she's fucking rocking out in there, dancing with her beautiful purple and black hair. Um, and it's like, oh, oh, sorry, excuse me. I was just dancing this jukebox song I had on. Um, what would you guys like? And then you look up in the menu and there's fucking like amazing fucking like ice cream menu. There's flavors like caramel, cadaver, ginger gore, uh, the walnut warlock, and, of course, fruit brute. Uh, and Anton Yelkin's character is amazed by these fucking ice cream flavors. Uh, the girlfriend is none too pleased by the fact that he's kind of hitting it off with her. Uh, they kind of start talking about the fruit brute ice yeah, cream. Yeah, it's, it's fruit brute that, like, is their bond. Yep. Yeah, it's like what, what bonds them together. Yeah, the General Mills, they cut each other off talking about how it's a General Mills cereal, and uh, just, dude, that fucking shop, which subsequently becomes, uh, if you watch the movie, if you're f- familiar with the movie, when he's working at uh, the boutique store Bloody Mary's, he has a dream to open his own horror uh, boutique shop, uh, like Max's Scare Shop or something it's called, and so by the end of the movie, he opens his own little boutique horror store in the same space as the ice cream store uh with his new girlfriend alexandra daddario and it's honestly like a perfect like it, it's fucking perfect it's a rom-com it, it's like watching like made in manhattan or like hitch or some shit where you watch the end of the movie <laughs> and you just feel like you're like i'll i can learn to fly a plane right now like everything you just feel comes so happy. full circle. Everything's happy. Yeah, it, it's like this movie is just fucking fun, man. I'm just smiling as I talk about it. So, yeah. uh, if you don't like it, fine, just go away. That's fine. <laughs> we still right. love you. Fuck. Uh, that was a, that was a really fun fun pick though, and and great description by you, buddy. So let's head to now. Our... We're getting to the heavy hitters. Huh? Yeah. So these are our top two. Our top two right here. Um, so our top one. We, all right. Let, let's let's hit number two first. I don't. I actually yeah. don't know if we have talked about this one yet. Or no, we we did. We did. Either way, nineteen eighty two, uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Three. Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are one. 
through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3 in 3D. This was directed by Steve Miner, starring Dana Kimmel, Tracy Savage, Richard Booker. This was another two-for-one for me. So, Jamie, I'll go ahead and start with this one. Yeah, dude, but, please do. But the introduction scene uh, for me is so critical, at least not for, for my, like, for my relationship with horror and how it grew. Like, this franchise is really what did it for me and really got me hooked and got me engaged. And I think I saw part two first. And then I recall instantly wanting to see part three and my, my aunt Jan, who I've referred to several times would like take me to the, to the movie store. Uh, we would go to movies to go and we would rent, she would rent me whatever I wanted. And I just so distinctly remember like finding this franchise and saying like, Oh my God, I, I, I get it. Like I get it. I get this in the beginning of this specific film. And this film takes a lot of shit because it was so focused on the 3D element. Um, however, the the tone and feel of the beginning of this film is very ominous because there's like a storm coming. Um, they they hone in on this like hybrid like home slash convenience store that this couple owns both of, and it's it's really like blustery and windy outside and it's dark. And uh, the rain is coming, and the quote-unquote rain is, you know, the wrath that's going to be the fucking movie. Uh, and the laundry outside, uh, like, the wife is, like, yelling at this guy named Harold, and she's, like, so fucking nasty to him. And uh, the relationship that they have is, like, tumultuous and tense, and, like, it's, like, brimming and brooding, and, like, the whole intro to this film really like sets the tone for the the movie and i i think that kind of gets lost a little bit but the environment though which is what we're here to talk about is the uh the convenience store that they own that's attached to their home so harold uh is clearly unhappy he's like a dumpy dude who's married to this woman that clearly doesn't like him and he's like a softy and there's like this rabbit that they have that like got out of his cage and he like goes in the convenience store and he finds the rabbit like just nestled into a bed of lettuce uh in this like convenience store that has like these groceries and uh other other things that you can buy and he like grabs the bunny out of the lettuce and he goes and he like picks up a box of donuts and he's eating the donuts and he picks up the orange juice and he opens the orange juice and there's like no seal on anything. Like it's a time that's like very open and exposed to the world. Like there's no safety seal on anything. There's no, like the EPA is not going to come in and write him up because the fucking bunny was eating <laughs> yeah, from right. the lettuce. And it's just this like, com- like it's ominous, but it's comfortable. And, uh, I just, I remember connecting with that environment so much as a kid, just like watching this and just feeling like, this buildup and this uh, this tension, and uh, then there are two like really prominent kills, like right off the bat, like right at the beginning of the movie, and it really kind of like sets the stage. Um, so that's the first of of the two uh, stores I want to uh, mention from this movie. But 
Jamie would love to hear your thoughts on it now that I've talked for like four hours about it. No, yeah, no, it's all good, man. Um, this, like you said, the this is the main store for me. I mean, there, there's obviously the gas station convenience store with the Shelly thing, but uh, this is the main store, the bunny rabbit, the vegetables, the healthy eating, the nagging wife, uh, the shitty like outhouse bathroom they have in there for some reason. It's kind of like everything about it is just like, yeah, it, it's such a pivotal part of that movie to me. Like, I can't think of that movie without that scene, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've always been weirded out by the fact that everything is just kind of like out, like the vegetables and everything are just so clearly out in the open and like not covered by anything. And it's just indicative I don't of know, the time a, that like we, like, I know that we both interacted with the eighties, you more than I, uh, but like, I think that's just how things were at a point in time that we just didn't experience. And I, you look at that now, especially like 2020 fucking think of the, dude, if I could just oh, yeah, have the yeah, comfort yeah. of that right now. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like getting a sleeping bag. Um, but, but it's funny because like, this was an actual store. Um, I was yeah. reading about how, you know, there's these people that kind of hunt for real life, uh, horror locations and, and this was a hard one to find because people weren't really sure that it actually existed, but uh, people found it by like looking at maps and comparing comparing maps and roads and uh, different streets and Magellan uh, internet sleuths found it somehow. And uh, so it's gone now. It's tore down. But I guess oh, they found no. some like uh, they found like a stone wall that still kind of exists that was part of the scene. Uh, that was part of the actual store. So it's pretty cool when you like dig into uh, stuff like that. The lore uh, of it, you, yeah. You, you kind of just think like, oh, this was a movie set. Like this didn't really exist. But like these these places actually existed. And uh, it's pretty fucking cool to dig into. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, so the real briefly, I'll just hit on the second store. Uh, again, this is kind of two for one. But the... The gas station, like it's like a Sunoco seventy six or whatever, where Shelly um, and his, uh, I guess his love interest, um, they go and that is not a store I would want to work because the cashier is this nasty asshole. Uh, she says like we don't accept no food stamps here. <laughs> Remember? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> and then Shelly goes like underhand tosses wallet to her and uh, she's like. Uh, uh oh uh is this and, and then the woman steps on it and says like oh is this your rubber and it's like the whole scene and <laughs> there's like the getaway that occurs and it's just the whole the whole scene's fun but again that's that like fringe camping much like the place in cabin fever uh it's the same co- kind of environment like the tires outside the ice box outside that whole like all of us have been there 400 times uh in 400 different locations so just just a cool, cool, uh, cool place. Jamie, you want to head to our last one? I do. This is so if you listen to our show <clears throat> and you are at this point in the show and you're thinking to yourself, you have to be thinking to yourself. If Jamie and John are talking about favorite retail slash grocery locations, there's one still missing. And it is the obvious choice. Intruder. Lake it's closing time. The store will be closing in 15 minutes. 
But the night crew still has work to do. Oh my god, we're gonna get in so much trouble. Because there's one last customer who isn't satisfied. No. This creep keeps calling her. He's driving us nuts. Leave me alone. He wants to slash their prices. <laughs> Who's there? He wants to cut their inventory. <laughs> You're crazy! In fact, he wants to chop until they all drop. I saw him kill Linda. And now, he's turning their retail store. There's gonna be one more kill in here tonight. Into a wholesale slaughter. So, we... Are fucking grocery creeps. We watched through right? Intruder on episode 8, I think it was. Uh, it's oh, the only watch through that we've done. So we watched through Intruder. This movie is back from 1989, uh, directed by Scott Spiegel, starring Elizabeth Cox, uh, Renee Estevez. And yes, that is Emilio's sister. Yes, it is Emilio's sister. This film, honestly, is what created the idea of of the concept for this episode because Jamie and I always, 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 always like Intruder is one of those like really underrated, underknown, um, undervalued slashers we feel, and uh, a lot of people that are really into the genre I feel don't know about this movie, and yes, yeah. it's, it's a great one. Um, it's got a ton of great fucking kills. It's got a ton of great... The, the environment is so so key, so critical, and so fun. And it just really, really, like... We always would watch through this and say, like, God damn... Like, I, I, I would quit my job and go work here because uh, the cast is fun. The environment's fun. The $4 entire... an hour. Yeah, dude. Get me in there. 1999, 4 bucks an hour? I'll, I'll do it now. Right now. But this, so this movie takes place in a grocery store. That for those that have not seen it, it it is a whodunit, uh, very late '80s whodunit kind of concept. Um, Sam Raimi's brother uh, is in this. Uh, Bruce Campbell has an appearance at the end. Um, as does Sam at the end. As does Sam Raimi at the end, and it's just fucking. Uh, practical effects you could you could argue genius. that there would be no horror dads without this movie i i i i feel that's true this was filmed at an empty grocery store so i guess and i think it was out in california uh as were most of these locations but yeah the store was owned by somebody <laughs> and uh scott spiegel i think was like hey look i i just need to rent it out for a couple of weeks like just gotta knock out a quick uh like 80 minute film <laughs> right yeah and the store manager was like well let me try and get a hold of the owner and then couldn't get a hold of the owner and the guy was like all right look it'll be like 300 bucks just like pay me and then it's fine so they did this like real under the table uh thing and i think they like rushed to record it real quick before the person that owned this location fucking like came back but they had to stock the the store with food because it was empty so they went through this like uh discount like donation service or something and all the food was being donated but they had to reroute it to go there temporarily and i think it was like damaged boxes or damaged goods or maybe expired stuff that would then be routed to, to yeah, those that were in yeah yeah 
Yeah. So I remember you dropping these fucking uh the amazing like dimes of information. I know, yeah. On the I, I got commentary deep... episode and it was like fuck. Yeah. yeah, if you guys if you have made it this far in our um show and you haven't seen this movie or if you've seen it recently and haven't watched our commentary yet, you should absolutely check that out because uh we dive way fucking deep into this movie and god damn is this movie good and it's cool too because the the director um scott spiegel i think he he talked at one point about how his experience working i think he worked as like a meat in the meat department or something at a at a grocery store or somewhere in michigan uh or just in a grocery store somewhere in michigan or something and his experience there is what like inspired him to go and make this film. So like in, in the spirit of like all the stuff we're talking about right here, that that is such a cool dynamic to, to have enter this. Cause it's like, Oh, this was a real life reflection of a person's personal experience. And I, I don't know, this movie just really resonates for me. This movie, I, I remember I, d- I did a blind purchase on this one. Um, a long time ago, probably what five, six years ago now. Yeah. And um I remember I bought it and then I like texted you right away and I was like, dude, you have to come over and watch this with me because like you will fucking love this. Like it's one of those where you just know the like uh someone that you kind of know their music or their movie taste, like you know what they're gonna love and like I knew right off like this is a movie John is going to fucking love. Uh, and you and I just like, that's been, that's been like our movie. And so, I remember for fucking like years and years, like I didn't buy my own copy until I moved off of your side of town because right. every time you and I, I have been over, doing that now, right? Like that's why I haven't <laughs> watched silent night, deadly night because I've always counted on your copy. Yep. And I was always counting on your copy and be like, all right, Hey, we're, we're finally together for a night. Like, what are we going to watch? And we would right. always put this movie on. And like, it was just a, a constant for us. And like, just a, it's like the, it was like the rhythm guitar of our, our friendship it, and love for horror. So, and, it, and it's funny. Cause this is one that even now you and I will just throw on. Like if you come over uh, by happenstance and come over to get drunk or whatever, like we'll fucking throw this on. Yep. Or even if you come over to watch football, like when the game's over, we'll put this on, you yep. know, uh, this is just like our fucking movie. And, um, we could name this fucking podcast, you know, fucking uh, intruder dads. Intruder dads. Yeah, we <laughs> we most certainly fucking could. Completely but that would be agree, too creepy, and people would find that to be like off-putting. So we chose horror dads instead. Um, I love you. I love everybody listening to this fucking episode. So, do you want to hit up. a couple runners up before we wrap, man? Uh, what did you have, bud? I've yeah, got, uh, go ahead. Definitely, because like the... my runners ups for the like I had chopping mall. We've already fucking thoroughly discussed. I I know we were going to discuss possibly Stranger Things yeah. season three with the mall, and the then mall. we kind of got like mall creeped out, mall fatigue. Yep, for sure. Uh, we also talked about the the store from Halloween four. I know we've talked about that multiple times. Oh, that was on our list of Vincent Drug. Yeah, yeah, Vincent Drug, and we talked. I think last episode or the episode before about. Uh, our, our buddies in alone in the dark podcast that did a uh, great t-shirt for that store. And um, we'll plug them every fucking episode. So go listen to that. 
uh, podcast. We uh, cannot. We yeah. we cannot. Here's the thing: is we cannot do an episode without mentioning um, some of our favorites and a little in the dark. Favorites. Just, so you like yeah. what you like, and we fucking like them to the moon. So there it is. Um, yeah. And they're just really it's, great guys and amazing content. One that I had too was, um, you know, that I love this. I fight. I I think you love this movie as much as I do. I love the original, but I also love the remake. The uh, grocery store uh, where my girl Jamie works in uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D. Oh, yeah. Dude, of course. Yes, of course. And then the place where I know we talk about this. This, this is one, certainly one of those faux pas where it's like, oh, and there go the listeners dropping off. But the Scream <laughs> TV show where Noah, I think he like works there, but he also looks like he lives there. The uh, fucking like video game. Whatever Store that place is, dude, totally fucking agree. If I that didn't have up, children, that was up there on my list. Wasn't married, as well. yeah. get me there. Yeah, we've got a lot of great fucking content coming up. We've got a lot of great guests lined up, but wanted to do. Oh, a... God, we're unbelievably excited about what's coming up uh, this year, and we're we're so unbelievably blown away by everything that's happened so far. As far as like, honestly, if we've had seven listeners, we'd be blown away. Uh, we've had way more than we expected and we've had way more like interaction with people than we expected and we, we just love it we love you all uh we we love where we've come from and where we've been and where we're going and we're excited so keep an eye out more to come we're gonna drop another one in december and then we've got two primed up for uh uh january so our cadence is probably gonna be roughly two per month um so keep an eye out and Fucking just enjoy this Christmas season. Hug the ones you love. Be safe, everybody. We love you guys. Thank you so much.